Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. I'm very excited to be talking today all about what it takes to become a better blogger. But first, I want to take this chance to tell you about a group coaching opportunity I will be offering. I'm getting ready to launch an eight-week in-depth live Pinterest training starting in March, and I'm really wanting you to be there. If you have any interest in Pinterest and visual marketing, you need to check this out. Head on over to manlypinteresttips.com forward slash training. That's manlypinteresttips.com forward slash training. I'm so excited to have Leslie Samuel with me on today's show. Leslie Samuel is a former university professor and the creator of Become a Blogger and Interactive Biology Blogs. He has a passion for education and has taken on the mission of changing the world one blog at a time. In his podcast, Learning with Leslie, he teaches solid lessons about how to build a blog that will have impact in addition to interviewing other successful bloggers who have built successful platforms and turned them into thriving online businesses. He's a firm believer in what we do online can open the doors to lots of opportunities. His biology blog landed him his dream job as a university professor, which has increased his passion for letting the world know that blogging and podcasting is a force to be reckoned with. His message is simple, create content, inspire others, and change the world while building a solid online business. Now, this interview that I did with Leslie was a live show where the audience was able to interact with myself, guest, and each other. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to manlypinteresttips.com and join our email community to find out when our next live show is. Come join us where you can ask your own questions during the show. Now, Leslie's joy and enthusiasm for blogging will be so apparent when you hear him on today's show. I had a great time interviewing him and learned a ton, and I know you will too. So let's jump right into my conversation with Leslie Samuel. Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Jeff, thank you so much for having me on the show today. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun to uh, kind of do some. Uh, Leslie and I uh, both work for Social Media Examiner, and, and I've had some interactions with him in the past. But uh, it was fun to kind of dig in. And when I was kind of researching for this, this show, seeing the whole university thing, and, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but like, tell as we're going on, if you guys have any questions for Leslie, make sure that uh, you ask them in the comments by doing a forward slash Q, and we will try to get to them today during the show uh, if we have time. So, but first, Leslie, I want to know your story, mm-hmm. and you kind of had a, it's a kind of a wild story, how you came to be teaching people about blogging. So it, it actually started back in 2008. I was teaching at a high school, and while I was teaching I just you know, I just got out of college and I did my master's degree and I was teaching, had a steady job. And I started to think, hey, you know, I keep hearing about people making money on the Internet. What's this thing about? Let me do some research. So I started doing my research and I stumbled onto something 
it's totally unrelated to this, but it was called freebie trading. Right. Freebie right. trading, you go to a website, you complete an offer, you refer your friends, they complete an offer, you get a free iPad or, uh, well, actually back then we didn't have iPads. So a free iPod, that's what we were getting. Right. Uh, free TV, the TV that I'm using today, I got it back from those sites. But there were a number of those sites, many of those sites that actually would just pay you for referring people. So it's kind of like an affiliate uh, model that they had going right. on there. So I got into it and there were forums of people where they were coming looking to complete offers. So I didn't have to go to my friends and be like, hey, yo, complete this offer. Or <laughs> right, right. Like that. So right. I could just go to this forum and build my reputation on the forum. And as a result of that, people would um, complete an offer for me. And then I would split the money that I received with them. Uh, so okay. this concept was called freebie trading. And I had gotten to be well known in the freebie trading industry and in the forums. But then I noticed something. I noticed that in order for me to make money with it, I had to be constantly in the forums and interacting and engaging and all that kind of, it was always me going out to find the people, never the people coming to me. Mm. And then I heard about blogging and people were using blogging and building platforms. And somehow, you know, other people were coming to these blogs and reading them and getting value from them and then doing business with them. And I'm like, man, this sounds perfect. Maybe I wouldn't have to be in the forums all day. Right. So I started my blog. It was called The Freebie Guy. And I kind of build my brand as the freebie guy. You want to learn about freebie trading? You come to me and I will teach it to you. Eventually, I started to realize, well, I don't really care about freebie trading. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm enjoying the blogging aspect of this much more. So I eventually kind of evolved and I, and I started talking more about blogging. And then I started to think, okay, I'm doing this blogging and online business stuff and it's going relatively well. What if I were to take those same principles and apply it to something that's completely unrelated to making money online or business or anything of that sort? And that's when I thought, wait a minute, I love biology. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to be a university professor, but I'm not. I don't have a PhD. Right. So why not take that passion and start a blog about biology and then use that blog to build something significant? And that's exactly what I did. I built my biology blog that took off and... You know, I've had so many experiences wh when it comes to blogging and helping others uh, start blogs and build their blogs that it is really, you know, it's something that I've become really passionate about. Just letting people know that, hey, you have a message or you have something that you're passionate about. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with others. And a blog is a, a great platform on which you can do that. So that's kind of like the short version of the story. <laughs> Very cool. So, and, and your biology blog is still active right now. I mean, it's not like something you left behind. You're still. Well, it depends on what you mean by active. I, I don't touch it. <laughs> okay. Well, you have somebody, so, do you have somebody run it for you? I ha no, it, I'm, it's just there. It's getting a lot of traffic and it's doing very well just based on the content that I put up on it. Right. Uh, so like in the last, uh, in, in these active months when school is in session, I get mm -hmm. a, as many of as 95,000 people using that blog in one month. But it's a blog that I don't do anything with. Over the last four years, I've probably spent a month or two working on on that blog. But wow. it's still doing very well. Yeah, and it still has great content. Now, I went and browsed through there because, Mike, I have teenagers who are oh, in. Oh, there you, you go. Know, yeah, so I'm like, hey, they need to check this out. So it's very, very <laughs> cool. Very, very cool. So in this process, because now you do uh, become a blogger and it's a mm -hmm. great 
site. And I've actually had, I think, one of your mentees on my show, uh, Kate All. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she did it. She did a great show uh, with us a, a couple a couple episodes back. Um, and so I, I listened to your podcast and everything. But how did you get in this process? So you have become a blogger. And how did you get involved with uh, Social Media Examiner? I, um, I mean, you're a big part of the society. They're, they're, uh, they're special select training group that they have. So how did that kind of happen as well? All right. So uh, you mentioned in my introduction that my blog landed me my dream job as a university professor. Right. I was doing that for about three years. And in the pro after about two years, I realized that, listen, I am I am working full time. I'm teaching in a doctoral program. It was very intense. So that's like full time and a half. Right. I'm running my blog over here on the side. And that's like full time. It seems my wife and I had our son and that's like full time. I'm doing all these full-time things and it's not working. <laughs> so right. something's got to give. My And actually the thing that really pushed me over the edge is my mom got ill uh, back in 2010, 2011, somewhere around, no, not actually, maybe about 2012, 2013, whenever. And she, she was going, she's in the Caribbean. She was going to Colombia for treatment, chemotherapy and all that right. stuff. And I wasn't able to be there. And that's when it hit me because family is, is a big thing to me. And I'm thinking, man, I don't have time for my family here. I can't be with my family there when they need me. Something has got to change. Right. So I started to think, okay, am I going to stop my online business? Uh, I, I just couldn't see myself doing that. I was enjoying right. it too much. My teaching, my dream job, am I going to leave that? I couldn't see myself doing that either. But at a certain point, it was kind of like, well, yes, I can. As much as I'm passionate about that information and what I was doing at that job, I could still take that and teach it online if I want to do it and have more flexibility. I could do it from here. I could do it from the Caribbean. I could do it from wherever I want to do it. Um, So I made the decision to leave my job. Now, Mike Stelzner and I have been in a mastermind group uh, together for a few years. And when he heard that I was leaving my job, he actually came to me and he said, because I, I knew a lot about membership sites because I had my own membership site mm-hmm. and I had done a ton of research on that. And he came to me and he asked me if I'd be interested in helping them to launch this new project that they are thinking about going into. And I said, hey, yeah, you know, I'm leaving my job. I don't fully know how I'm going to pay all my bills. You know, why <laughs> right. not do this? So I started to work with Social Media Examiner and at, at the time I was managing, I was a society manager. So I was managing the social media marketing society. And then as my business grew, I shifted to just head of training. So I'm still working with them, but just for right. the training sessions and making sure that the speakers and presenters are, are delivering the best content that they can deliver. So that's how that happened. Very, very cool. I want to touch one thing that you said on there is the mastermind. And oh. I, st- I still think people don't uh, that has changed my business so much i'm in one oh, with man. you know eric fisher yeah uh, he's in he's a podcasting one i'm in and i'm in another one as well um but that has just really changed everything for my business um what about you is that is that just kind oh, of everything else? i'm in two masterminds as well uh one with mike and a, a few other great individuals and another one with some other great individuals and i have learned so much number one i have been pushed so much i've been challenged so much being a part of a mastermind group has changed the game for me and i and i'm not saying that as if you know trying to sell hype or anything of that sort 
it has literally changed the game for me. It has changed everything for me. We, I, I just, just this week, we had a mastermind session um, with one of my mastermind groups. And what we spoke about was were things that I, you know, I, I came from this little island, St. Martin, um, came to Michigan. I don't know. I, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about, you know, all this stuff that I'm doing today. Right. And, I, and it, the, the mastermind session that we had this last week, I wasn't even in the hot seat. But, but the things that they, they shared were so new to me. And it really helps me to take my business to the next level in terms of how I think about money, in terms of how I think about wealth, in terms of how I think about business and managing my business. And that is making me a better entrepreneur. So mastermind groups, if you're in the right one, it can change the game for you. I totally agree. And I wanted to make sure I knew you were passionate about it. And so I wanted to push people because if you're not in one, find a good one. And oh, it's OK man. if you're in a if you're in a stinky one to get out of it. But find one, <laughs> but find one that's good. That's good for you, and do it because it does. It change. It changes everything. So it does. Anyway, that, that was a little side note. But that's uh, fine. I, I wanted to talk because I know we have bloggers in here who have been blogging for a while, and we have people who are just thinking about starting a blog. So you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask is, what did you? What do you see the biggest mistake people make when they first start blogging? When they're when they're a beginning blogger, what is one of the worst mistakes you see? One of the worst mistakes, there are a number of worst mistakes. <laughs> right. well, I don't know if you can have multiple worst mistakes, but I'll tell you a few really bad ones. First one is trying to do everything. Like, okay, so they hear they're supposed to blog. Somebody told them they're supposed to blog once a day. Somebody told them they're supposed to be on Pinterest. Somebody told them they're supposed to be on Facebook and YouTube and MySpace. I don't know why anybody would say that, but <laughs> let's say somebody told them they're supposed to be on MySpace and this and that. And, and they also see successful bloggers that have been at it for a while that are on all these platforms and they seem to be doing a f phenomenal job and they think that I have to do it all now. Here's the thing. When you spread yourself that thin, you accomplish absolutely nothing. This is the concept that I like to. I used to teach physics at a high school. So I'll, I'll okay. explain this from a concept of physics, right? Okay. If I take my fist right now and I just pound down on my leg, on my thigh, yeah, that might hurt a little bit because I'm, a, I'm, taking, um, I'm applying force to a certain area on my leg. All right. Now, if I take, oh, I have one right here. I, if I take a, a needle, <laughs> right, and I put, I'm not going to do it, but right. I put that on my thigh and I apply the same amount of force, I guarantee I will be screaming like a little girl. I, right. This interview will be over. I'll be gone. Why? Right. Because if you take the same amount of force and you apply it over a much smaller area, the pressure is going to be so much greater. And I look at that as, you know, if I take my energy, and I apply it in a very focused area, I'm going to have much more impact. So in try, instead of trying to be everywhere and doing everything, choose, be very selective, make some conscious decisions as to what you're going to focus on, and then just go all in and mm. learn how to dominate that platform. Learn how to dominate the system that you're going to be using instead of trying to do all these different things. And once you've perfected that, once you've put systems in place to make that easier, then you can look at doing something else or at adding something else to the mix. I'm going to say that that's the biggest mistake that I see. 
That is a good point. Cause I think, you know, I remember when I started out too, I would see people like Peg Fitzpatrick or Mike Halton, who's in the show. I mean, who's watching the show right now. He was everywhere and he could, <laughs> I used to tease him that he would, when he, cause he'd be on my show and uh, he was on the first Manly Pinterest show when we had a bunch of guys, but oh, nice. he would, he, I swear he would be writing with both hands uh, typing on different keyboards cause he could pound out an article a day, but he had done that for so long. It was easy. He had yep. a whole, he had a swap file he had ready. He's always constantly do that. And I could not, uh, one of my favorite quotes, I think it's by John Acuff. He says, "Don't pre- 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 don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle." Mm. And that's one of the things that I struggled with was, I can't like be, that. I can't be like Mike. You know, I can't <laughs> be like. Mike. And so, um, and so I had to learn. Okay, I can do these videos, and eventually I would add. You know, then I do Pinterest because that was my thing. Yeah. And then I would slowly add. Okay, Instagram's a visual. I can add that, and slowly. Mm-hmm. And so, I think you're totally right. And 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 not try to do everything all at once because that exactly. is a huge thing. Yeah. So, um, you touched on it a little bit. Um, what, you, you know, you hear you, people say, oh, you got to blog like twice a week or once a day or, or twice a month. What do you tell people who, who are struggling with trying to put content out? Does it, does it matter how often? It does matter how often, but I don't think there's one answer. But I'm going to give kind of a general answer and remember, when I'm when I this is going to be a guideline. It's not a rule. And even if it were a rule, rules are meant to be broken. Right. But this is what I'm say. I would say, if you're going to be blogging, try to blog at least once a week. And there's a reason for that. If I know that there's a new manly Pinterest tips coming out every Monday at 2 a.m., I know exactly what to expect. And if you're awesome, which you are, then <laughs> I'm going to be looking forward to that next episode, all right? So if I know that every Tuesday, every Wednesday, I publish my blog post with my podcast episode, the people that start to follow me over time are gonna get used to that and they're gonna start to expect that. That's exactly what you want. You want people to start anticipating your content. Now, Mm -hmm. if you were going twice a month, which some people do very successfully, if you're doing twice a month, well, it might be this Wednesday, but I'm not sure. And because of that, that doesn't put me in the habit of coming back every Wednesday unless I am, you know, putting this in my calendar and setting it to um, right, a, right. a recurring event every two weeks. And most likely I'm not doing that, even if your content is awesome. So I tell people, try to do at least once a week. Now, I know some people that do once a day. I know some people that do five times a day. And they swear that because they do that, they're more successful. And in many cases, that's the case. It's all about choosing something that you know you can be consistent with because consistency is key. I know to come every Wednesday and to expect something new, I am not disappointed. Right. And th- and that's tough. I think, you know, they say that uh, most podcasts don't make it past the, the seventh episode. Yeah. And, you know, I think just being there and, and being there every week does make a big difference. And so I attribute a lot of the success that I've had is because of being consistent. You know, exactly. I've not always had the best stuff. I mean, sometimes we everybody struggles with things, but uh, being consistent, I think your audience will will help pay for that down the road. Now, I know a lot of bloggers ask this, that, you know, they I, they want to blog but they're scared they're going to run out of topics to talk about. So <laughs> what do you tell those people who are really struggling with coming up with ideas? So a few things, depending on the situation. First of all, you got to think about the topic that you're blogging about. Is it something you got to be realistic with it? If this is something that 
I'm just blogging because they say I should blog. And I heard that I could make money blogging about this topic. But quite frankly, if you're not passionate about that topic, if you're not engaged in that industry, in that niche, you're not going to have anything of value to provide, at least not consistently. Hmm. I think that's one of the first things you want to do. Just look at is am, am I blogging about something that I can sustainably, I can continue to sustain? So that's the first thing. The second thing is stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about your audience. All right. So if I am blogging about a specific topic, let's say I'm blogging about biology for some strange reason. Let's say I'm kind of a nerd, right? Um, who am I targeting? Am I targeting high school students? Am I targeting college students? Am I targeting college students in a specific type of biology class? Once I understand who I'm ta targeting and I, I'm very detailed about who that person is, I can then just ask myself one question. What questions do they have? Now, one activity that you can go through, and um, I'm trying to remember the first person I had heard um, talk about this, the sales lion, what's his name? Marcus Sheridan. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you can just do is take out a sheet of paper or an Evernote document, a file or whatever the case might be, and just start typing out a bunch of questions that that person might have. Let's, I mean, you could take, you know, 30 minutes right now and just bang right. out 50 questions. Well, that's 50 questions. That's 50 articles. Right. And if you publish once a week, that's almost a year worth of content. I think sometimes we overcomplicate this, you know, this coming up with content thing. Like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, <laughs> right. I want to get it perfect. No, just answer questions. What are people struggling with? Do they want to know how the nervous system function? Do they want to know what a neuron is or what an action potential is or how the action potential travels down the axon? Just, just list it out, all these different questions that they may have, and then start creating content that answers those questions. Very, very cool. I think that's good because a lot of people get into that vapor lock where they, yeah. I don't know what to do. I got to think of the, the best one and, and just yeah. go and do you know, it. What's the key to blogging? The key to blogging is think is to put yourself in the, the, uh, the, the perspective of the person that you are trying to target and ask yourself, what are they struggling with? What are they trying to accomplish? How can I provide value to them? And if you constantly think about that, you're going to be thinking about search engine optimization naturally. You're going to be thinking about social media sharing naturally because yeah. all of these platforms, they're really trying to provide more value to the people that are searching and sharing and so on. So if you are thinking from that perspective, you've eliminated so many of the headaches. Very, very cool. So you touched on this um, a little bit, but um, okay, somebody says, I want to blog and do nothing else. Can I really just start making a living out of the gate by blogging? Can making I just quit my, quit my day job and go and just, I'm going to blog and make a, and make a living? Yeah, I wouldn't advise going about it that way. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? I've always said a blog is not a business. I mean, mm. I guess it can be a business if somebody's paying you to blog. But, um, Jeff, I, I've requested for you to pay me to blog. You've never sent me any money for the blogging that I do. So I need to find some other way of making money. Now, how I make money can be definitely related to my blog. You have to build a business around your blog. Now, unfortunately, nine out of ten businesses fail. And right. you know why that's the case? It's the case because businesses are hard. It's hard to run a business. It right, takes a right. lot. It is. 
It takes a, a special kind of person to make a business successful. All right, so you have to think about how you're gonna build a business around the blog. The blog is just a platform. The blog is just the thing to give you the audience, but you gotta right. have something to sell to them. You gotta have something to offer them. So the thing about blogging is it takes a while to build it up. It takes a while to get an audience, unless you have some serious connections with people that have a huge audience that are just willing to pass it on to you for some strange reason you have to work at it. So my recommendation, because and this is what I did, I was working full time, I started right. my blog on the side, and I started building that content, I started building my audience, I started building my business around it, I started, you know, doing my affiliate promotions, creating my own products and having advertisements and all these different types of things, I was building a business around my blog. And when it reached a certain point, I made that decision, okay, it's time for me to leave my job. Very, very. That's very, very wise because I think so many people see it as, and they've heard it erroneously that a blog is you can make money really quick and it's a get rich quick scheme and it's not. It's the long, long, long play if it even even happens. Well, think I mean, about it. Right? I started. I started my online business January 18, thousand eight. All right. I left my job in two thousand and fourteen. All right. There's a significant amount of time there. There's six, there's six years, almost seven years, actually, um, from when I started to when I left my job. And it wasn't because, you know, uh, I was just being lazy. No, it's because right, right. I was building my business. Exactly. And, and this leads into the question is, you know, a lot of people talk about monetizing the blog. It's, yes. you know, when's the right time to monetize your blog? Do you have like a set kind of how many visitors you're supposed to get? I mean, I've heard that before. So uh, I, I have a different pers My perspective on this has changed significantly. All right. So I'm going to answer a different question. When should you start thinking about monetizing your blog? The answer to that question is, from the time you're thinking about starting a blog, because you gotta think about the business aspect of it. Now, I'll tell you what the problem is. I think the problem has to do with how we define selling. I think many times when we, when we hear the word selling, we kind of get this icky feeling, right? We think about right. the used car salesman that's just trying to get you to buy whatever right. it is um, they're trying to sell, regardless of whether it's gonna help you, right? Um, I've come to reframe my perspective of selling. My perspective of selling is, is me offering a way to provide even more value to my audience, all right? If someone, for example, wants to start a blog, but I'm telling them, hey, you know what? Don't worry about signing up with you know, this hosting company over here right, because right. I don't wanna make any offers to you or anything of that sort. I am actually doing them a disservice, all right? If you're starting a blog, anything that anyone is trying to accomplish that is worthwhile for the most wor worthwhile for the most part, it takes them investing something into it. It might be investing their time, and in many cases, it takes them investing their money. You should never hold back the opportunity for someone else to accomplish their goals because you don't want to sell to them. Hmm. Now, the interesting thing is there's crappy selling. And right. then there's good selling. Right. And if in your selling, you're constantly thinking from the perspective of your visitor in terms of how can I provide them with more value, then you have nothing to hold back. So I, I'm of the opinion now that you can start monetizing your blog from the beginning if you do it in the right way. Now, I, won't, I wouldn't, that doesn't mean 
You know, I start a blog, I'm going to throw up a bunch of ads on my site because I know that when people click through, I'm going to make a few cents here. And the more people click through, I'll make a, a few dollars. Absolutely not. Because right there, what you're doing is you're not thinking about your visitor. You're not thinking about the user experience. You're thinking first about the money. And in many cases, you know, if, if I come to a relatively new site and I see a bunch of ads all over the place, I think this is a website that this is a blog that just wants to get from me. Right, right. As opposed to if I come to a blog and it's very tasteful, there's high quality content, I could see that this person has so much value to offer. I am looking for a solution to my problem and they have a recommendation. And based on what I've seen from them, this recommendation looks like it can help me to accomplish my goal. I'm going to buy. Yeah. And that's the position that you want to be in. So I no longer look at selling as a bad word. I look at selling as an opportunity for me to help my audience even more. And in many cases, and this is something that a lot of business owners, especially online, struggle with, they don't want to charge. Now, the problem with that is by not charging pe certain people for certain things, they're not going to take it as seriously. If mm. you want to really help people, you want to get them to commit and in many cases, committing means they have to invest something. Don't hold that back from them because you're doing them a disservice. That's a great point. And, you know, that's kind of when I started Mainly Pinterest Tips, the podcast and my website, I didn't really – it was mostly personal branding. I said, you know, I'll grow out this beard. I'll try it for a year. <laughs> if it works – I tried that too. I'm trying it now. <laughs> it's not working very well. It's not working yeah. very well. <laughs> but I thought, you know, if it doesn't work as a person, I can shave it off and no, no big deal. Uh -huh. But it worked and everything. But I still, my my site, it's mostly just giving information, helping people out. There's not anything really selling on there at all. I probably need to hit that a little harder. And I, uh, but um, but I get, to, I mean, I got my job working at Social Media Examiner from there. I mean, it did yeah. what it was supposed to do. It. it 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 got me where I needed to be. It's gotten me tons of consulting gigs, mm -hmm. and it's not there's not even a buy now thing on it anywhere. So I think. It, but here's an interesting thing, right? Okay, so your your um your blog, you're teaching all about Pinterest. You're giving Pinterest tips, and I'm assuming when you're marketing on Pinterest, you're using certain tools. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what what tools do you use on? I Pinterest? use Tailwind. You use and Tailwind. I'm, okay. Yeah. So if you're using Tailwind, that is something that's helping you significantly. Right. For you right. to teach people about marketing on Pinterest and not tell them that there's this tool that could help save them time and just have them out there. Every time they want to put something on Pinterest, they have to do it manually and so on. You are right. literally doing them a disservice. I so do have Tailwind on my site. Exactly. And, I, and it's affiliate. Yeah. So exactly to your point. Exactly. But when I go to your blog, and this is something you just said and that I've seen when I go to your blog, I don't feel... Like, this is a blog that's just trying to take from me. Yeah. I feel like it's a blog that's trying to, not trying to, that is providing me with value. And as a result of that, I learned to trust you as the person to go to when it comes to Pinterest. That's right. exactly what you're trying to do with your blog. Very, very good. Very good examples. Uh, that's that's awesome. So here's, and, and we're, we're getting close towards the end, but I want to also um get some people to ask some questions. There's some questions that have popped up, but there's, and this kind of ties into blogging, but posting content on LinkedIn Pulse or Medium, all this stuff, you know, they're set. I've always come to the, the idea of a blogging is that's my home base. I want everything to come back 
there because that's where my social media is driving back there. Everything. That's my home base. Well, people are saying, that's not working anymore, really. You need to get more exposure by also posting on LinkedIn and Pulse and LinkedIn Pulse and, and Medium. What are your thoughts on that, Leslie? First of all, the whole concept of it's not working anymore, I don't buy it. Uh, because there are so many successful bloggers out there still being successful with blogs. And there are so many new blogs. Every so often you see somebody like, hey, where did this person come from? It's still possible. People are still right. doing it and still being successful with it. So, so do you need to be on these platforms to, to, you know, posting on Medium and posting on LinkedIn Publisher? No, you don't need to. Now, if you've decided that you're going to focus on LinkedIn for driving traffic for your blog and you want to use LinkedIn Publisher in order to accomplish some of that, that's absolutely fine. It all comes down to making a decision about where you're going to focus. So I don't see any problem with LinkedIn Publisher. I don't see any problem with, with Medium. I haven't explored them completely, mm -hmm. uh, but I think they're interesting platforms because you can create content, put it out there on a different platform, and if you're using those services the right way, you can get people coming back to your home base. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing about all of these platforms, whether you're talking about Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Medium, or whatever the case might be, you don't own it. All right. I love social media, but unfortunately, Mark Zuckerberg ain't sending me any money, <laughs> regardless right. of how much I ask him. All right. So use these platforms, but think about your business the way they think about their businesses. They're trying to build their businesses because they know that they need to take care of their bottom line and feed their families and all that stuff. Right. You need to build your own business. So use those platforms to direct them to your businesses. Not, I'm not talking about spamming. Don't be right, that right. person. Engage right, right. on those platforms and then get people to engage with you on, platform, on your platform that you own. And that's the way I look at using any social media, any publishing platform. If it's not on mine, the ultimate goal while I'm nurturing those relationships is to get people back to something that I own very, very good. So I was, a, I would assume you have the same thoughts on guest posting on other people's blogs. Now, my point is I did that at first to get exposure, to drive them back to my blog, but then it got to be where I didn't have time to do guest posting anymore, even though, I mean, I mean, cause I was writing for my own and trying to do mm -hmm. stuff for that. So is that kind of way you feel about guest posting too? It's I, a great way for exposure. It's a great way for exposure. I think it's something that, Hey, if you're trying to get your content out there, and you don't have the audience, why not publish it somewhere that has an audience? And I think guest posting can be even more effective in many cases because if you guest post strategically, you're on blogs that have similar types of audiences. And yeah. if they have a big audience, that could benefit you in so many ways. So I think guest posting is a great strategy even in 2016. Very, very cool. Here's a question I get asked a lot. Okay, they say, I'm a really good writer. I'm good at blogging but I stink at creating visuals. And visuals now, it seems to be, I mean, more and more important for blogging and for, for every part of the you know, platform online. Um, so what would you tell people who say, I, I'm a great writer, but I stink at visuals. How, what do I do? Well, fortunately, there are all kinds of free tools that are better at it than you are, <laughs> right? right? I can't make a nice graphic. I mean, I tried when I, I used to do my own design and my right. wife would all, anytime I try to do something on myself, my wife would be like, did you do this? 
And I'd be like, yeah. Because <laughs> it just doesn't look the same as when someone that knows what they're do, doing actually right. does it. But you have Canva. I mean, you could choose templates and modify those templates. There's absolute, in 2016, there's no reason to suck at visuals. Absolutely right. no reason. Just use these tools. They're free and you can get so much done with it and make your stuff look awesome. It takes a little time. Hey, but hey, you got time. You don't, you may right. not have the money to pay for someone to do it professionally. So then put in the time and make it happen. And something you can do too, not too expensive, is hire a designer to create uh, templates okay. on Canva yeah. for you and that you could go in and modify later. So don't be just scared of some designer who throws this number at you. There are designers out there that'll help you learn how to create stuff for yourself. So exactly. Anyway, um, one, since this is the Manly Pinterest tip show, I want to touch on before I ask the, the, these questions. Um, you mentioned to me that Pinterest is doing pretty well for you. Can you kind of uh, elaborate on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, so Pinterest is actually an interesting thing because I didn't really know about Pinterest. My wife knew about Pinterest before I did. That right. never happens in my house when it comes to social media. Right. But I went to her, I remember one day, and I said, hey, I want to show you this thing, Pinterest. And she pulled out her phone, showed me her app and all her boards and pins. I'm like, look at you. <laughs> Anyhow, so um, I work with one of one of my coaching clients is Kate Al, and she does Pinterest management and so mm -hmm. on. And I was seeing what she was doing for all of her clients and all of the traffic they were getting. And I'm like, man, I could use some of that traffic. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I basically hired her to work on my Pinterest and she started doing that. And all of a sudden, Pinterest is my number one referrer of traffic. Um, so Pinterest definitely is powerful when it comes to traffic. I've seen it with my blog. I've seen it with many of the uh, clients that my client has. Um, right. I think I think P Pinterest is a great platform. Yeah, and we're seeing the same thing with uh, it at Social Media Examiner. It goes up uh, every, and that's why I got into it is because yep. of the long-term traffic. So uh, I got one question from Alisa and Mike. I'm going to go ahead and lock the seat, and if you would come in and and so you can ask your question, um, I'll. Uh, well, I'll, I'll ask him the question while we are uh, getting you on here. Uh, Leslie, Elisa says, okay, I'm struggling with getting more organic traffic to my site. What are my options? So what she's are your options? So she yeah. wants to get more traffic from the search engines. Yes. Okay. So then you have to ask yourself, what do the search engines want? All right. When someone goes to Google and they search for whatever it is they're searching for, how to use Pinterest. All right. Google wants to send them to something that's very relevant, high quality, trusted, and all that stuff. Now, how does Google determine this? Well, they determine it by what's happening on the internet. First, they scan through the internet, they detect your content, they see how many people are linking to this stuff, they see people sharing it and so on. And over, over time, they start to realize, wait a minute, whatever Alisa is doing over here, that thing is valuable. So the first thing you have to think about is number one, Am I creating awesome content? Now, I don't know what kind of content she's creating, but I'm, I'm going to assume with everyone that there's room for improvement, right? Sure. How can you make your content better? There's room for improvement for me. And this is something that I'm constantly going through and thinking, how can I make my content better? So that's number one. Number two, how can I make it? How can I give Google all of the information that they need to have in order to make a wise decision about where to rank my blog? So it'll take a little bit of learning about search engine optimization. Maybe if you're on WordPress using the Yoast SEO plugin, making sure that all of that information is optimized. 
Number three, they're looking at okay, what what are what is the what are people on the internet saying about this people this piece of content? Right? Are people linking to it? Are people sharing it? And that might take some connecting with people, whether online or offline, getting to know people in your industry, doing some guest posting, um, interacting with others that you know would find value in this content and share this content. I think it, there's so many aspects to it. So it's making sure the content is awesome, making sure the content is displayed in an awesome way, making sure your blog is optimized for the search engines and for mobile devices and so on. So you have a word uh, responsive theme, right. making sure it's very easily shareable, making your images awesome and, and all that stuff and connecting with the type of people that can share it, that can link back to you, that can, you know, that you can guest post on. So over time, what ends up happening is Google starts to see you as the authority on that subject. With my biology blog, that's exactly what happened. And that's why even today, they're sending me some, I mean, when I stopped um, posting to that blog, I was getting maybe maybe a third of the traffic that I'm getting now. But more and more people were seeing value in the content because not only was it, it wasn't just good, but it was also unique. And that's another aspect of it. How is your content different from everything else that's out there? I went, I'm, I'm like going all over the place no, because all these things are jumping in my mind, right? <laughs> When I started my blog, one of the first things I did is I, I went around and looking at all the other biology blogs that were out there and seeing what they're doing and taking some notes. And I'm seeing that, okay, I got this blog over here, a ton of research articles. I have this blog over here. They sound so intelligent. I don't know what they're saying. And then you got all these other blogs. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what can I do What's di that's different? And I decided I am, I'm going to create a blog with short videos, taking very complicated topics and breaking down one concept at a time so that a, 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 a grade schooler can understand it. So even though we're talking about the complexities of the nervous system and the brain and how it functions, you make it so simple. And everybody else was seeing that and thinking, man, this is good stuff. I need to, I need to recommend this to my students. I need to share this with my friends. I need to do, and all of this over time adds up to where now you become an authority site and Google starts to love you. Every mm -hmm. time Google makes a, an update, I end up with more traffic. <laughs> and right. it's because I've optimized it in the ways that I need to optimize it. I've made sure to put valuable content that's somewhat different from what's already out there. And when I started, I literally went out and searched for a ton of blogs and websites and I contacted these people and connected with them, offered to help some of them in certain ways and they ended up linking back to me. It's a process that you build over time. So that's my long answer to your short question. <laughs> that was good. And I think one of the things you said, you know, is, is looking how you can stand out and be unique. And when oh, yeah. I started mainly, I mean, I love social media and Pinterest was a, a big part of it when I did the mainly Pinterest show and it kind of grew from there. But my thing was, is I can't jump in this, this, this pool, whether it's Jay Bear and Chris Brogan and Michael Stelzner, I'm, there's no way that I can wade in that water. So I looked and said, you know, there's not a guy talking about Pinterest and it's kind of funny and I'll do that. And like when you when you hear first of all, like right. I said, my wife knew about Pinterest before me. And right. when you hear manly Pinteresting tips, yeah. manly Pinterest, that right there is a lesson in and of itself, right? <laughs> because it's it's like what, manly Pinterest. <laughs> exactly. What uh, does that even exist? Yes, it does. It's different. It's unique.
And because you took that effort to think about it from that perspective, it worked for you. Yeah. And then a lot of continuing, I, it didn't just happen. Also, and I laid back and went, look at all this traffic. You know, it never. All I got to do is be manly on yeah, Pinterest. That's right. I grow beard. That's it. Yeah. No, there is a lot of work involved. And so I think, but starting with that idea and being very, like you said, you went out and researched. I mean, I went out and I saw what Cynthia Sanchez was doing. And I know yep. I did. I couldn't, I could do a podcast, but my podcast is going to be way different than her. I mean, so. Exactly. And and then I made friends with those people and, and there was collaboration. And so, uh, yeah, so really be thinking about, um, you know, when you start a blog or whatever is, is how can I be different? How can I stand out? Um, I want to introduce you to Mike Alton, Mike Alton, Leslie Samuel. Now, I Howdy, could just Mike. I could just sit back and watch the blogging genius happen because uh, Mike has been my. <laughs> has been my mentor blogging for a long time. He's actually on the first uh, show we ever did. Nice. But, but Mike, you said you had a question for Leslie, and I'll let you uh, talk a little bit. Yeah, and I love what you guys have been talking about, because this is what Joe Polizzi and I were talking about a while back. He wrote about this exact topic in his book, uh, Content Inc., and he called it the content yep. tilt, right? Oh. He was in a room full of lawyers and plumbers and you know just a diverse, you know, group of, of small business owners who were all trying to blog and create content to support their business. And his question was, how is your content any different from anybody else in your business exactly. in your industry? Exactly. You're just taking the manufacturer's blog post about their new product and pasting it on your website. Well, that's the same as a hundred other people. You know, if you're answering the same questions in the same exact way, same as everybody else. Now you can answer those same questions like 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 Jeff's doing, as long as you do it in a different way, right? Exactly. You know, and now now you've made yourself special. You've made your content stand out. So I, I love that you're bringing that to the forefront because that, that that's, that's the key. exactly. Yeah, and and I, Mike, Mark uh, Marcus Sheridan did that. Who you mentioned earlier too was that. Um, I mean, he put prices when he was talking about fiberglass pools, and so it just really was something unique that nobody else had done. And he started blogging about pools, which. What? You know? <laughs> yeah, so. so, Mike, you had a question. You typed in the comments. You, you want to ask that now? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a tool guy. I love tools. I love writing about tools. And I use a lot of different tools to help me with my blogging. So I'm always curious what other bloggers use. Uh, what, are, what, are just, what are some of your favorite tools? Some of my favorite tools. The ones that I'm using right now that I'm excited about. Um, and I'm hearing a little bit of echo. I think it's on Mike's end, but I'm not sure. Um, okay, so number one. There's one tool that I switched to using now that I absolutely love for managing my content calendar and so on, and that's CoSchedule. I love CoSchedule because you can have the entire calendar there. You can have your team there working with you, um, your social media sharing um, in terms of setting up your social media updates, even before creating, posting your content. I think that's a huge deal. So CoSchedule is probably number one on my list right now. Number two, I'm going to throw in social warfare um, mm. because that's now the that, – ever since I think, I, I think I learned about it from you, Jeff. Yeah, we but ever since about, I learned yeah. about that, I've been all over it because being able to determine exactly what images get shared on what social networks, that for me is huge. The next one that I just recently started using – you know, for me, my email list is, like, huge. It's my, like, one of my most valuable assets. So I'm always looking for ways to get more people on my email list. But I'm always looking for ways to not annoy people that are on my email list. Right, right, right. <laughs> so there's a plugin called Thrive Leads. 
And Thrive Leads is awesome because, you know, it allows you to create opt-in forms and pop-ups and, you know, um, slide-ins and all these different things, like all of the other plugins. But it has a feature where I can create certain campaigns and determine who is going to see what forms. So if I have a link that I want to send to my email list, I can actually create a link that will make it so that if they click on this link, they're not going to see any opt-in forms. They don't need to see opt-in forms because they're already on my email list. Mm. I might show them something different. Mm. So I can kind of create a funnel with the forms that are on my site. And let's say someone comes to my site and they want to join my email newsletter. They join my email newsletter. They get an email from me. They come back to the blog. They no longer see that email newsletter opt-in. They might see an offer for joining my coaching club or something of that Mm. sort. And that to me is very powerful because you can then set up these um, kind of funnels even Mm. on your site. And that's kind of cool. Um, Some other plugins that I use, Pretty Link, I just got to throw that one in there, especially if you do any kind of affiliate marketing, because I can't tell you what my my HostGator affiliate link is, but I can easily tell you, you know, becomeablogger.com slash HostGator. I never have to think about it again. And that's huge for me. So those are some of the ones that I've been using recently. I mean, there's so many others that I've used and right. tried, and um, I can go on for days about tools. Is there anything you use, uh, Leslie, to, because I know a lot of people who watch this are, are image marketing people, that you use to optimize your images for your, your site? Yes, I use a virtual assistant. Um, <laughs> there but there's actually, there's actually <laughs> she does it all. But the tool that we're using um, recently, and this doesn't have to do with designing the, the images, she right. designs it in Canva. But for reducing the image size, we use TinyPNG. Okay. Tiny, TinyPNG.com. You just upload the image and then it compresses it to a very small size but it doesn't lose any of the quality, at least for someone, the average person viewing on a web browser, it's going to look just as good, but it's going to be significantly smaller in the file size. So it's going to load much faster and it'll be much more optimized there. Yeah. I use Kraken.io, which is a web, yeah, which is a web-based thing and you just upload and works really well. Same kind of thing. Same concept. Yeah. 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 How do you spell that? C-R-A? No, it's K-R-A-C. Well, it's, let me see. Kraken. Yeah, C R A N K something like that. I'll put it in the link later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's a K, but uh it, it works really, really well. So awesome. Um, so Mike, do you have any other questions you want to uh drop to Leslie before we we wrap it up? Yeah, hopefully the echo's gone. I've got my yeah, it's gone. It's, it's button headphones on. So yeah, Mickey Mouse now. Yeah. So I'm always curious too, in addition to the tools is um, when, if you can identify there was, there may have been a moment in your past where things really turned for you. Like you guys mentioned mastermind groups. So that may Uh be a moment. I know for me being able to jump on other people's shows and mooch off their audience, that was a big turning moment for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So is there anything, has there been anything like that? Either a platform that you joined or a technique that you started using that you know ended up really pivoting your business? So that's actually a very interesting um, question. I wouldn't say it's a platform or a technique or a tool. Most of the inflections in my business have come out of relationships, all right? So um, when I first started my blog, um, it, it was called The Freebie Guy, and then it was called Learning with Leslie, and I actually went through a course, and the name of the course was Become a Blogger, and it was at becomeablogger.com. 
And I went through the course. I learned so much about blogging. I went out there and I was using that to build my blog and all that stuff. I was creating videos and training and all that stuff. And eventually the guys behind become a blogger kind of let it slide. But eventually they saw what I was doing and they didn't have the time to continue building this become a blogger thing. So they actually approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming on board and being the, the face and the one that's creating all of the content. And they would just be the promotion. They would do the promotion and all that stuff. That was huge for me. When they approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in taking over, become a blogger, I was like, what? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> um, but that led to another thing. And, you know, that was like my first big break. Eventually, you know, now I fully own become a blogger and that's my thing. But that was a huge inflection for me. Another huge inflection for me was when I left my job, quite frankly, because you know what happened when I left my job? Um, I left my job on the 31st or the 30th or 31st, whatever was the last day of June. And then July 1, rent was due. And it was, <laughs> and it was kind of like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know where the rent is going to come from. <laughs> I got I to gotta go into hustle mode. And literally, I had to go into hustle mode because it, I didn't make the decision to leave my job because, oh, my business is just making so much money, yada, yada. I left my job because I saw the potential. At least that was one of the reasons. So I really had to go into hustle mode. I had to launch a membership site. I had to start doing coaching. I, had to, I started working with Social Media Examiner. But because I was able to fully focus now on my business, changed the game. And it was rough for a few months there. And it was kind of like, hey, you know, we got to go shopping for food. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't got any money, <laughs> you know? I had to get really creative. I had to put a lot of energy. I had to spend a lot of time just figuring out what in the world that I was, I was doing. And a few months later, you know, I matched my salary from my job. A few months after that, I surpassed that significantly. And because I was able to commit fully, the game really changed for me. Very, very cool. Well, thanks, Mike, for coming and asking your questions. Tell us before you, you take off what, uh, where we can find you at. Mike? Oh, uh, I'm at the social media hat.com. So mostly yeah. at Mike Alton or plus Mike Alton. Uh, oh, cool. Always hanging around blogging. That's right. Very good. Cool. Well, Leslie, and please tell us where is the best place where we can find out more about you? I mean, we've mentioned it many times, but uh, more about you and your services that you offer. Most definitely. Yeah. You can find out all about me at become a blog. I mean, the name is very simple, right? If you want to yeah. learn how to become a blogger, go to becomeablogger.com. That's number one. Number two, if you want to check out my coaching club, go to bloggercoaching.com. Right. And you also have a podcast, right? I have a podcast. It's at becomeablogger.com. It's called Learning with Leslie. And yeah, you can find that on Stitcher and iTunes too. So yes, anywhere uh, podcasts are aggregated. <laughs> that's right. That's right. As always, for everyone, thanks for uh, coming. Uh, we, if you would like to go to manlypinterestships.com, click on the sidebar and subscribe to our email community, where you'll never miss one of these great shows like we had with Leslie and then Mike joined later uh, today. So um, because at Manly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thank you joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com Adding testosterone 
One pin at a time.